You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on 750 AM WNDZ. This is an element of programming of Catholic Chicago. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship with the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'm Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications, also with the Archdiocese. And I am Timothy Johnston at St. Thomas the Apostle in Hyde Park. We are here every fourth Wednesday of the month uh, from 8 to 9 a.m. And we spend our hour with our audience breaking open various aspects, various elements, various uh, parts of the the, uh, liturgical life of the church, the corporate, communal, public prayer of the church, which is also the prayer of Christ. Um, And the music that you heard coming in uh, to the show was uh, a musical setting of Form C of the Penitential Act. And that is our topic for today. We are going to be breaking open the preparation rites in the Eucharistic liturgy. Danielle, you and I were talking right before the, the, the show began just about how, how uh, I think, you know, there's always that danger to routine or to ritual that it, become, it can become routine if we're not careful. But I, th- I think these preparation rites, both in the, the first part of the Mass and in the first part of the Liturgy of the Eucharist, are just so overlooked by people. Um, and so just to take some time to, to break them open, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I, you had mentioned how, you know, kind of disconnected they are from, you know, what it is we're being called to do at this moment in the liturgy is to prepare our hearts to celebrate the sacred mysteries that are, um, that we're about to participate in, in terms of hearing the sacred word. Um, you know, every time the word is proclaimed, it is Christ who speaks to us. It's preparing our hearts to celebrate the Eucharist, to become one with each other, um, to be transformed um, by the body and blood of Christ, to be transformed by the word that he speaks to us. And so we need these these, um, very short, reflective rituals where we can prepare our hearts for that, where we acknowledge publicly that we are sinners in need of God's mercy, um, and that we are we are called from our baptism um, to be recommitted to Christ and to follow Him in all that we do. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, Timothy, the 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 preparation rites um, for both uh, the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist they're 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 kind of housed in 
and couched within within kind of a larger right, eh? The 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 so the the penitential act, for example, that's that's literally housed in in the midst of what we call the introductory rites, um, the, those rites that that introduce us to the celebration, but also in so many ways they they literally are rites of preparation, huh? Yeah, I would say from the very beginning of the introductory right, I mean, we've talked about this before on the show that, you know, coming out of the parking lot, crossing the threshold and coming into the church, you begin to make that transition of preparation. You begin mentally, uh, spiritually, you're, you're beginning to center yourself into that. But the very first part of that preparation or the introduction uh, is that entrance hymn, because that entrance hymn is what's going to, um, as we lift our voices up, and this is why everyone should sing, um, <laughs> it's drawing us together to make us into that one voice, that one body, that we come together to celebrate. It's not just we're individuals within that, but I'm not coming for my own personal prayer in that same way. We're coming, as, as you said at the very entrance, of the show, right? The communal worship of the church. It's public. And it's that entrance, that gathering song that gathers us together, helps us transition, and begins to prepare our heart and our mind to be able to hear the word. It maybe sets the tone for uh, for the, uh, the particular day, for an advent, or if it's a particular Sunday in ordinary time, there might be a theme that it's trying to to hook us into, but it's drawing our heart, drawing our mind into the liturgy itself. And then we begin, of course, with that sign of the cross um, as as the um, music ends and, and that kicks us off. And again, signing ourselves and noting in our body um, within the gesture itself that we have incarnated, if you will, like we are um, if I can use it that way, I'm going to use it that way. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that that Christ, that God has become flesh, and we continue that in our worship in this place and this time, that we participate um, in our embodied selves, right, in ourselves because of baptism, that we can go forward in prayer. I don't know if that made sense. In my head, it made sense. It does, but, um, it does. But you, that, that we, yeah. we are budding. You mentioned the, the you sign that... of the cross, and I, th I think that's so, that the sign of the cross, even that is so overlooked, right? I mean, I, I think of the, the infant baptism rite, uh, uh, particularly in the previous translation. Uh, My dear child, the Church of God welcomes you with great joy, and in its name I claim you for Christ our Savior by the sign of his cross, mm -hmm. right? And then, and, and then we remember that, and, and, and that, uh, we are reminded of that when we once again uh, trace ourselves with the sign of the cross that first claimed us. Um, Danielle, you were going to say something there. I, I did like what you had to say, Timothy, about being embodied and being incarnated, if you will. Um, you know, I, I think most Catholics have a sense of, you know, marking themselves with the cross in terms of what the cross um, won for us and that reminder of the cross. But to think about that more deeply that we, as you said, Todd, are, are claimed for Christ, but having been created in the image and likeness of God, that Christ through the incarnation reveals God's self through humanity. And so that incarnation, you know, lifts up, embodies all that we are in our human selves, but being but marking ourselves with that cross should give us that sense of we're 
greater than our our sin that we need to receive God's mercy we reclaim forgiveness that we are not separated from God that our entire lives is about maturing in that image and likeness of Christ to be better to be transformed by that and when we mark ourselves with the sign of the cross it's not just this this reminder of what the cross did for us, but who we're called to be. Exactly. And who we're called to be before God. And so what, what you, what you're actually talking about, uh, Danielle is, is the, the, what comes immediately after the sign of the cross, the penitential act. Um, and, 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 and that, that is, that, that continues to prepare us I- I- to enter into this most sacred mystery. Um, but it's, it's, and so the penitential act has, uh, there are three options for it, right? And, uh, there's the confidior, that's the first option, the I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. Then the second choice is a dialogue um, between the presider and the people uh, that uh, I think it's... That second option is probably the one that the pe- most people are unfamiliar with. Yes. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> we... we, we We've been using it here at St. Thomas all summer. Really, that's kind of what we've we've been introducing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so so Timothy, then the, the, this I think most unfamiliar option for the penitential act is the dialogue. And how does the dialogue go? Yeah. So um, after the introduction, the the presider says, uh, "Have mercy on us, O Lord." And the people respond, um, "For we have sinned against you." And then the presider says, "Show us your." Show us, O Lord, your mercy, and the people respond and grant us your salvation. And so, so it's very short. Yeah. And once you get it, it's pretty easy easy to to use. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then the third form, the third option, that this is the one that I think most people are familiar with. Um, is yeah, the uh, it's the the threefold the threefold call and response where the the priest or the deacon um, has three. Um, they call them invocations, but they really aren't invocations. They're statements of praise. They right the the and that's what we heard uh, in the music that uh, opened the show. Um, um, Lord Jesus, you came to call sinners. You sit for you plead for us at the right hand of the Father. You will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Those are, th- I mean, those are all statements of faith. They're all statements of what we believe uh, about Christ. They are statements of praise of Christ. And then to each of those, the uh, everybody responds, "Lord, have mercy." So, Lord Jesus, you came to call sinners. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You plead for us at the right hand of the Father. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. So I think those are the, I think that's the one that most people are familiar with. But no matter what form the penitential act takes, any of those three options, again, it, it is, how does it prepare us? If, if, if we're calling them preparation rites here, then how does that prepare us? And Danielle, you started to talk about it when you said, we remember who we are before God. We remember we, well, we remember our stance before God as creator and creature. We are imperfect beings, right? We make mistakes against one another. We harm one another by our sinful actions. We're harming not just ourselves, but the body of Christ, all people. And we're standing there before God in union with one another. It's a communal action, recognizing the individual sin that we're in need of God's mercy and we need to be reconciled 
with one another. It's um, like the scripture passage that says, um, before you can come to the altar um, to forgive one another. So before we're celebrating this greatest act of prayer that we're called to participate in, we lay everything down. It's really the penitential act is really an act of humility. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, it's a, it's a it's a a communal act of humility um, that we need, and but that we also need in our own individual sin. We also need the support of one another, and I think the confidior, which is the first option for the penitential act, really kind of summarizes what exactly we are doing, that I confess to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. Um, and we are doing this together and to, to pray for me in not only in the company of um, one another who are present here in the earthly liturgy, but the saints and angels in heaven exactly. as well. Yep. Yep. And we, and, and so we begin by recalling God's great love and mercy, yeah. right? And and, uh, um, and 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 we remember who we are before God as we enter into this uh, celebration, as we enter into this, as we say, great mystery of faith. Um, we got a break coming up before uh, the first uh, our first uh, commercial break. But when we come back, let's continue this conversation uh, about the preparation rites because there are other options that we can use uh, at this time. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Focus on the Liturgy right after these messages. Send to heal the contrite of heart. Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests, who are often experiencing homelessness, are offered disposable cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then, the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Meet the artists and see their extraordinary photos at this year's After Supper Visions photo exhibition on Friday, September 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. in Vincent Hall at 721 North LaSalle Street. That's Friday, September 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. Visit After Supper Visions for more information. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope.
year 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. The music that you're hearing as we go into and out of the breaks uh, are musical settings of the penitential act. Uh, our topic today is talking about the preparation rites in the Mass, the preparation rites in the liturgy. And the first ones, is this is what we've been talking about before that first break, the first rites of preparation, if you will, um, are uh, the introductory rites, uh, the penitential act, um, that, that uh, literally they're meant to prepare us to enter in. I mean, we even hear those words, right, uh, Timothy and Danielle? The priest uh, says uh, after the introduction, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate yep. the sacred mysteries. And so that's the purpose of these. And then and then there's a note, Danielle, during the break, uh, you, you made mention of this. Then there's a note in the Missal that says, a brief pause for silence follows. So overlooked. <laughs> yeah. why, why, why is that in there? Why is that, why is that important, Timothy? A, a, a brief pause for silence. It's very specific. 
the purpose of the pause is to enter into communal silence. Why, why is that important? Yeah, I mean, there has to be some sort of, I mean, coming out of the busyness of our lives, it, it is one of those invitations to also just kind of calm oneself and be attentive to the Spirit inviting us to what do we need to acknowledge? Because that's what the phrase is. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves. So we do have to have some awareness and there has to be a moment to sort of digest and process, okay, well, what, what does my past week look like? Or, um, and it isn't a confession in the same sense as the sacrament, but it is awareness, as Danielle noted, like coming as we are, um, there's a humility that we present to say, okay, I'm not perfect. And to just rush through it means we don't allow ourselves individually or even communally the time, the space to reflect or to acknowledge. Now, it's not this long extended uh, silence, right? But there's got to be some moment so that our heart can can resonate within the silence that that God is speaking to us in, um, if that makes sense. And and we do ignore silence very much in the liturgy. Um, and it, again, Danielle has talked about this before, but we had a liturgy professor, uh, Father Kevin, and one of the things he used to say, at least I remember him saying in our class, was the introductory rites are wall to wall words. Um, and he would he would sort of go on that, um, but. Even though they, it is wall-to-wall -wall words and we are not observing the silence often that's there, they're still very short. Oh they're my gosh, they're yeah. meant to be short. But we also need to get back to observing the silence and allow them to do what they're intending to do. Yeah. There are different parts in the liturgy that the, uh, the instructions for the Mass are very, very clear that silence is called for um, because one of the things that the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy emphasizes is you know, we talk a lot about full conscious active participation, um, and that's the, you know, the primary aim of everything that we do liturgically is to allow the faithful to enter into that, that participation. But we're, we often associate participation with the externals, right? So singing, Standing, you know, our kneeling, gestures, yep. moving, all yep. of these activities, if you will, these actions. But the Constitution is very clear that it's both an external and an internal. So if you if we're not allowed to have that time for internal reflection and contemplation, um, we're really not being allowed to full conscious and active participation. If it's just the externals, it has to be both. There has to be a balance. And I may have talked about this on the show before, um, you know, I'm a very strongly introverted person, so I, I very much resonate with those periods of silence. It, one of my favorite scripture passages is be still and know that I am God, because it's in those moments of, of silence where you're able to connect with God and allow him to penetrate our hearts. And Timothy and I both were fortunate enough to pray with monks for a significant period of our of our formation time. And the monks in, at St. John's were known for their pauses. People affectionately called it the Collegeville pause. <laughs> and when I left St. John's and was became um, active in parish life again, I found how jarring parish liturgy had become for me, how chaotic, because it didn't allow for the silences. And it just move from one thing to another to another, you know, got to keep it to a time. Um, 
you know, people have busy lives and I totally understand that, but there's an ebb and a flow, a rhythm to the liturgy that we have to allow ourselves to really internalize it and to, so that the liturgy really becomes our heartbeat. Yeah. yeah right. Yep. Yep. Um, exactly. And I still struggle with that, yeah. that, that chaoticness of it. Well, I, I struggle with it deeply. Yeah. That, that silence is meant to do exactly, at least at this part in the mass, exactly what we're talking about. The silence is meant to help us prepare to celebrate these sacred mysteries. And and the penitential act is only one option, right? There, there is another option that can help us prepare, and and it and I find it. Um, this is I, I, it's just it's filled with meaning and it's filled with reminders. The second option is a sprinkling rite. So the uh, uh, the the second option is instead of doing a penitential act, we give thanks and blessed water, and we remember our baptism. Um, many parishes will do this during the Easter season, a most appropriate time for it. In fact, the Missal even says, the Roman Missal says, uh, at other times, at particular times of the year, for example, Easter, the penitential act may be um, replaced with uh, a sprinkling rite. And, um, and, and so that, that uh, I, I find that fascinating. Danielle and Timothy, how does remembering our baptism, what does it have to do with this mass that we're preparing to enter into? Oh, my gosh. I know, I'm right? I'm right? a whole show on this, right? I know. Oh, my goodness. So the mass itself is flows out of baptismal responsibility. When we're baptized, we're baptized uh, as priest, prophet, and king. And our priestly ministry. I mean, that's what the liturgy is about, right? To offer praise, to offer ourselves as a sacrifice of praise. That is our, our priestly responsibility to remember that, that our baptism of, of how we're called to live in the world. By remembering that, we recognize that we have failed. And then that water, when we're, we're, we're hit with the, 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 the blessed water, that's that reminder of the promises that we made at our baptism, that we need to be better Christians to recommit ourselves to who we're called to be in this world, to be prophets, to stand up for the oppressed, to stand up for, for the, the, the voiceless, to be kings, to be, to model for others the Christian life, to draw people to the Christian life, to inspire them by who we are in the world. Oh my gosh, the, the liturgy of the Eucharist is for the baptized it's the as you said danielle it's the responsibility of the baptized that's that, that that's that's i i've said it many times that's what we are that's what we're baptized and confirmed to do to gather yeah. as a member of the body of christ on the lord's day around the lord's altar and ambo and to offer ourselves an imitation of christ that that that's what we're baptized and confirmed for so it makes perfect sense to me to begin the liturgy as as a means of preparing us to enter into it to remember yeah. why we were baptized in the first place so that we yeah. could be a member of the eucharistic assembly timothy oh, you're, you're muted, muted i think <laughs> 
sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I was just looking um, at, at the first option for the blessing of ordinary time, and I think it, it illustrates what Danielle was sharing and what you were just sharing, Todd, as well, because um, it pulls out some of those images, or at least some of, yeah, some of it. You know, so it says, Almighty ever-living God, who willed that through water, the fountain of life and the source of purification, even souls should be cleansed and received the gift of eternal life. Be pleased, we pray, to bless this water by which we seek protection on this day, on this your day, O Lord. Renew the living spring of your grace within us and grant that by this water we may be defended from the ills of spirit and body and so approach you with clean made hearts. Sorry, I can't read today. <laughs> with hearts made clean and worthily receive your salvation. So there's a lot of imagery in that that text. So it is the source of purification that we're renewed as living springs ourselves, that that this hopefully in this Eucharistic liturgy, we continue to be nourished. So when we go out in the world, we we share that living uh, water, if you will, um, and that we may be defended. So that is that, you know, coming as we feel that water coming upon us in that um, blessing or in the sprinkling that we are defended from the ills of spirit and body. I think there's a lot of, of stuff in there. So again, sort there of preparing is. us. I didn't read the second prayer, but, and there's a different one for Easter time. Right. But at, at, as we are going into our, our second break here, just a reminder, in, in, in the very introduction to the sprinkling rite, the prayer, the, the, the text is, uh, to, to bless, we bless this water, which will be sprinkled on us as a memorial of our baptism. And I think yeah. as a memorial, right? Not just a, not just a reminder, but in, in, in essence, the, the grace first received at our baptism is available to us here now at this moment in this sprinkling rite. Uh, stay with us for the second half of Focus on the Liturgy. We're talking about the preparation rites of the Mass. We'll be right back after these messages. Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. 
We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continuing to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy, the second half of our show. If you are just joining us, we are talking about the preparation rites of the Mass. We've been, uh, the whole first part of the show, we were talking about the, uh, um, the, the introductory rites. The music that you're just hearing as we're coming back uh, is actually a sung version, a sung musical setting of the... Um, uh, the, the sprinkling rite, an antiphon that can be sung during the sprinkling rite, um, that is part of the preparation rites. And uh, as we were talking before that break, Timothy and Danielle, uh, whether it's the penitential act, the Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, or whether it's the sprinkling rite, which is a memorial of our baptism, um, which because it's baptism itself, which allows us to offer the Eucharist, um, they, they, they shape us, they mold us, they prepare us 
um, for this this awesome responsibility that we have. Uh, and Danielle, during the break, you you had a note about, uh, for example, when when the the sprinkling right might be a good option to use in the preparation. So you mentioned how Easter is is the um, the suggested time of when it might be most appropriate, and there are other times throughout the year where we might encounter it. I think more often than not on Epiphany, of course, and Baptism of the Lord, of course. But some of the other days that I like to recommend to do the sprinkling right are on the solemnities or feasts of the apostles um, because of the Great Commission to go and do likewise and baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Those days are very appropriate. I also look at um, for example, the uh, we just celebrated the Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary, and Mary as the um, first disciple, the the one who points to what we will one day assume in the fullness of salvation, of what our baptism helps us enter into. Um, I recommend um, sprinkling right on those days as well. There are no restrictions for when it um, takes place throughout the year. It always, if it's done, it would always um, replace the usual penitential act. Right, right, I, and that makes sense to me too. I mean, particularly on solemnities, right, and 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 mm-hmm. days of of, of 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 festival for the the church. I mean, it, again, it it reminds us of what we were baptized to do in this right. in this this great celebration um and so the 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 then the uh um there are a few other things that follow the uh, penitential act or the sprinkling right that uh, continue to prepare us to shape us at, into the body of christ in in preparation for the eucharist uh the, the, on sundays and on solemnities the the um sprinkling right or the penitential act would be followed by the gl- singing of the gloria the great hymn of praise and then all of that concludes with the collect, right? The the the, the opening prayer um, or the opening collect, and and in a sense, I mean, it makes it makes great sense, you know. The we we we've 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 come together. We've been shaped into the body of Christ. Um, we've been called out of our individual prayer into the communal prayer of the church. We've been called out of our individual private prayer into the very prayer of Christ. We remember who we are before God. We recall uh, our baptism, uh, and this, which 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 gave us this responsibility. We 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 sing praise in the Gloria, and then after all of that, the body that has been formed voices its first prayer to the Father, and that mm-hmm. is in the words of the collect and and there there again another option for uh, and call for the silence right yes the, thank you yep, the <laughs> let, pre- us pray. Yes. let us pray yes. <laughs> Please, let us pray <laughs> the, the, the priest introduces it with with that familiar dialogue let us pray and then it calls for again a brief period of silence so that we can do exactly what we've just been invited to do, to gather our prayers and and to offer them along with Christ's prayer of praise and thanks, which is exactly what we do in this Eucharist. And so that concludes the preparatory, the, the introductory rites, and we move into the first part, right? The liturgy of the word. We have been prepared. We have, our, our hearts have been opened. Our ears are, uh, have been opened. And we enter into that dialogue, as St. John Paul II called it, the, the liturgy of the word. But then there are other 
preparation rites, other rites of preparation uh, that come uh, in the, the Mass. Um, and we're ta- namely uh, talking here about the, um, the preparation of the gifts, as the Missal calls it, uh, at this part in the, the order of Mass. So we've had the, the, the Liturgy of the Word that is, is celebrated. Um, God speaks to us in the Scriptures. We respond uh, in, in that we respond to him and not just at mass, but through the whole of our lives, right? We stand together and we profess our faith. And then we call upon God uh, in the intercessions, the universal prayer, uh, the prayer of the faithful um, to give more of what we've just heard proclaimed in the word, right? And that concludes the liturgy of the word. Then we move into the liturgy of the Eucharist, and it begins with the prepar- the preparation of the altar and the gifts. So again, we're called upon to prepare ourselves for the second half of the, the Mass, the second part of the Mass, uh, the, sec- the other side of the coin, if you will. Um, <laughs> and and it, and and it begins with the gifts being brought forward. Um, and and again, you know, I, I think these, if we're not careful, this can be overlooked. But this is so terribly symbolic, isn't it? At this point, the it, the the missal notes that it's fitting that the faithful should present the gifts that will be mm-hmm. consecrated uh, at this mass. And so the bread and the wine are are brought forward. Danielle, what's I mean? There is so much in this symbolism. Yeah, there. Okay, so you've said a couple of things that it's the the faithful that are bringing up the gifts that will be consecrated at that mass. So there's a few things going on here. Symbolically, you know, we are uniting our offering of the the gifts that human hands have made. We're offering the fruit of the earth, fruit of the vine, to be returned to God to be made holy. Um, we're uniting our prayer with the prayer of Christ to the Father. We're uniting our own sacrifice, our offering, with the offering of Christ, the offering that has already been made but is being represented here. Um, later on in in the act of the communion, right, part of our participation is to receive that which was consecrated at this mass, that which we have offered to God. So if you look closely at the rubrics, you'll see that there is no rubric to go to the tabernacle to get communion that was consecrated at a different mass. We really aren't supposed to be doing that. There's there's no allowance for it. There's no rubric for it because we should be receiving what is consecrated at that mass because of the symbolic power of offering that back to God to then receive it, to be transformed by what we have offered that becomes holy. Right. Now, now of course, I mean, there, there are times when, um, for example, uh, an insufficient amount of bread, of, of altar bread was presented for uh, the number of people that have gathered. And so sure. obviously in those times, we, sure. we go to the tabernacle, right? But um, but no, sure. it, it is preferable. But not to be cynical. We need to be better at counting. Oh, my God. We need to, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just going to lay it out there. We need to be better at there, it. There are ways it, to do it. There, there, are, yes. there are ways to do it. I, I agree with you. Yeah. There are ways. But I just want to be clear with uh, listeners that it's, sure. it is allowed, right? So, um, But 
go back to the go back to the, the this this presentation, the preparation of of the gifts. Um, even even the the words themselves that are said, um, whether whether um, we can hear them or not. If music is in, on Sundays, oftentimes there is a a, a, a song uh, or music that is used during this. But the, the which which before you because since you mentioned that, I want to just kind of mention the song. Um, if if the assembly is singing, because I think that's a crucial part of this preparation in the sense that, uh, and I, I don't remember if it's in Sing to the Lord, very if it's this direct or not, but this isn't just like, oh, let's plug in a piece of music here and sing some random piece, which sometimes does happen, at least in experiences I've had. But if we're not going to hear the dialogue that Todd's going to lead us in here in a little bit, the that that piece of music should be in a sense a response to or reinforcing what we've heard in the liturgy of the word, because it's again, keeping that in our heart and our mind as we are preparing, because we're visually seeing what's happening in this preparation, right? We're seeing the the table being set. We're seeing the, the gifts being brought forward, but all the while we're seeing that we should be internally while we're singing, whether it be, or if we're hearing instrumental music, or even if it's quiet, we're sort of setting the table of our own heart. We're right. setting, um, we're bringing the gift of our own self, right, to that. And I think the careful way that we, in, or the intentional way we choose music, if we are going to sing, can help that, assist that, be a little bit more um, evident, if that makes sense. But if we don't hear that, then those that text that that you were going to share, Todd. So I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you there, no, no, I no. Think, that was no. That was no, a great you're point. Absolutely it, right. Because I think oftentimes we hear a Eucharistic song at this point. That hasn't happened yet. You know, that's yeah. for communion. We should, the, in order to truly prepare for what is about to unfold. You're right. Is reflection on what has ha happened already and what we're doing. This preparation. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the songs that we're going to hear is "We Come to Your Feast" by Michael Jonkis, which which is it details the act of preparing. We place upon this table this humble loaf of bread, this cloth, all of those acts that we are doing when we're preparing the altar. That may be the one that we use now as we go into these last. <laughs> Uh, break before uh, the end of our show. So stay with us for our final segment. We'll be back after these messages. Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests, who are often experiencing homelessness, are offered disposable cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then, the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. 
Meet the artists and see their extraordinary photos at this year's After Supper Visions photo exhibition on Friday, September 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. in Vincent Hall at 721 North LaSalle Street. That's Friday, September 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. Visit After Supper Visions for more information. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. say how can you spend your day with three-year-olds seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow this is a very rewarding job even though at the end of the day we're not the highest paid people on earth and when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school that to me I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning because really you are changing lives you are molding lives shape the next generation of leaders teach Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Welcome back to this final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. That music you are hearing is an option, a hymn that can be sung during the preparation of the gifts. That's what we've been talking about um, all, sh all through this show are the, the preparation rites that we have in the Eucharist. That, that uh, uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, Timothy and Danielle can sometimes be so overlooked um, that that danger of ritual that it can become routine sets in and, and we can miss these. So uh, the whole first half of the show, we talked about the, the introductory rites, the preparation rites there. Uh, here we're talking about the preparation of the altar and the gifts. And uh, Timothy, as you said uh, before that last break, this hymn that, might, that may be sung during this is, is, is meant to do exactly what we're talking about, to prepare us, right, to offer these gifts. Um, that uh, that 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 God gave to us, Danielle, as you said, to offer back to Him, and 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 we we hear that even in the words that uh, that that the that the priest says uh, at this time. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness, right through your goodness, because you are so good, we have received the bread that we now turn back and offer to you fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. And the, the, the preparation of the chalice, the same way. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness, again, because you are so good, we have received the wine that we now offer back to you. Um, and, and, and what a what a great way to prepare, you know, the, 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 those, we do so by, pray, by, by blessing God. Blessed are you, Lord God, right? And, and, and even those, those words, I think, can be a little um, misunderstood. Uh, what does it mean to bless God? We don't, we don't refer to that often, but, but we do here in the liturgy. We bless God. Well, that's an ancient Jewish form of prayer, right? It, to bless God means to praise God, to, to give thanks. And so we begin the liturgy of the Eucharist in praise and in thanksgiving, which is, a, again, a mirror to the way we begin 
the mass and pr- are prepared for that, right? By, yeah. by praising by praising Christ. Um, we do that here with these words. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Danielle, you look like you were going to say something there. Oh, no, I'm just nodding in agreement with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then once once these gifts are 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 prepared, once they are, uh, as we begin to offer them, there, there's a line that was referenced earlier in the show, right? Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours. Remember, this is what we were baptized for. That's one of the reasons we might celebrate the sprinkling rite at the beginning of Mass, because it's a memorial of the, uh, the baptism that allowed us to, to make this sacrifice in imitation of Christ. So, I, again, I, even those words can be overlooked. Timothy? Well, even so, even before that, which which we don't usually hear, we just visually see, you know, the priest washes his hands, um, or symbolically washes his hands, because sometimes it's little little dabs of water. But the prayer that he says when that's happening is, "Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin." So, as presider, as the one sort of over all of this, he's asking because we we're going to eventually say the Lord be with you and with your spirit, which is sort of this permission to continue on with this. So he's preparing himself um, right, to, right. to do this action or to pray this uh, prayer on our behalf in union with us. Like we're not disassociated with that, of course, but he's at the head of that prayer, if you will. Um, and that's why when we say, may the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, it is our sacrifice um, and yours. But that baptismal imagery, that reference kind of back to what we did at the beginning. Yes, but here yes, again, yes. Wash me. Um, let yeah. me be prepared to celebrate um, to worthily. You know, Augustine, uh, I don't ever have quotes very well, but Augustine talks about this. You know, the, the, the minister is sinful, right? But no matter what is sin, it is Christ himself who celebrates the liturgy. It is Christ himself. So in, in a sense, this is a recognition of the humanity of the presider saying, yeah, I come to this as a sinner. Um, and yet it is Christ himself who will be the one um, who offers and, and recapitulates um, all the things um, that we're celebrating. You touched on the baptismal nature of this and, you know, wash me of my iniquity. Obviously, that's very, very clear to the baptismal imagery. But when we talked about um, the priestly nature of our baptism, this is one of those overt areas of the liturgy where that becomes so clear. You know, my sacrifice and yours, um, that offering, that we are making this offering, that it's not just simply the priest who is definitely making an offering, but we are joining ours with him to to um, Christ. Um, if you're interested in, in, in just a little uh, resource plug, we have a little booklet on this very nature about how our, uh, that it's, our offering as well in the liturgy. It's by Paul Turner. Uh, it's called My Sacrifice and Yours. It's a little 32-page booklet, great for adult faith formation um, if you want to have available in the vestibule, but it explores this whole concept of baptismal um, theology of, of our sacrifice in the liturgy. You know, the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy makes a, a, a has a great, a great directive. Um, it's in paragraph 48, and it says uh, that um, it's, it's, a, it's a whole paragraph about, um, about uh, 
full conscious act of participation, right? It says that the church earnestly desires the faithful should not be there as mere spectators, but that they should enter into the rites, understand the rites. They should do so deliberately. And then it's, this is the line. And then it's that they should offer the immaculate victim a, not just at the hands of the priest, but also along with him. They should mm-hmm. offer that not, not, you know, at the, uh, not just at the hands of the priest, but along with him, they should offer the immaculate victim learning to offer themselves. So it, 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 it is, it is, we, 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 we all make this offering um, in imitation of Christ. He does it, right? He's the one who takes, blesses, breaks, and gives. But here at the very beginning, we're reminded that this is, again, this is our responsibility. Um, Notice it's not, um, it's not, it's, it's, it's not an option. (laughs) That's an, that's an imperative. Pray brothers and sisters, right? My sacrifice and yours. And so, I mean, even here at the very beginning of the liturgy of the Eucharist, we're, we're called, as we said earlier, just as we were in the introductory rites to the whole mass, right? What is it that I offer today? What what is my offering this day? You know, to, so to encourage our listeners at that point in the mass to consciously, to deliberately consider, recollect in yourself, what is it that you're able to offer today? Very rarely am I able to offer my whole self completely in imitation of Christ, but every, every, every Sunday, every Sunday I rehearse for the next Sunday, right? When I might, right. when I, when I might be able to offer more, but we're, we're all called to make an offering at this point. May, may yeah, I, I, my I, sacrifice and yours. Go ahead, Timothy. Well, I was just going to say, that's a great, great point. I like the image that you shared uh, that sort of rehearsing Sunday after Sunday for the day when I might be able to offer my whole, whole self. Like we don't, I think it's a challenge, at least for myself, and and I I think this is maybe true for many people. It's it's sometimes hard to imagine what it is like for us to offer or to sacrifice, because, or in language, it's it's often a very tangible thing. Well, if I'm going to offer something, it's here's my donation. Here's, here's my here's money. My service. Yeah. Here, here's my envelope. Yeah. No, and, it's and more than that. This kind of off right. It, it is much more than that. And and this offering, um, and so sometimes we have to step back and kind of think about this. It maybe is offering um, the obviously the gifts that I have, but it could be I need to turn over, um, you know, the things in my life to surrender from living. Yeah. So maybe that's a better like surrender might be an easier word for some of us to to grapple with. Um, But I like that image of rehearsing um, because it, it isn't. It isn't complete yet, it, you know, and, that, and, and we're on this journey. Exactly. It isn't complete and it won't be complete until Christ is all in all as, as right. right. As the scriptures say, we we've spent this whole show breaking open the um, two parts of the mass, the preparation rites, the first in the introductory rites that where we prepare ourselves to enter into the sacred mysteries. And the second in the beginning of the liturgy of the Eucharist. So Danielle and, and Timothy, just hopefully our conversation uh, might encourage our listeners to 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 participate in these parts of the mass with a little bit more awareness, consciousness, and deliberateness. Uh, we, you've been listening to Focus on the Liturgy. We'll be back next month on the fourth Wednesday. Until then, God bless everyone. Bye bye.
Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.